48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. Tonight's headlines. Hong Kong expands its COVID vaccination programme to cover people over 16. The police chief, Chris Tang, accuses the United States of using agents here to undermine national security. And a part-time RTHK employee arrested on suspicion of possessing two imitation firearms has been bailed. The government is expanding its COVID-19 vaccination programme by including people over the age of 16. Those who are 16 or 17 can choose the BioNTech jab, while the Sanovac vaccine will only be available for those over 18. The government says an extra 1.08 million people will be eligible, covering 88% of Hong Kong's population. The minister in charge of the inoculation scheme, Patrick Nip, says the move is needed to strengthen the city's anti-epidemic drive. We have the capacity to expand the coverage of the vaccination scheme. We have also received views that quite a number of people aged below 30 would like to get the jabs so that they can protect their family members or the whole families could get vaccinated. So it's the appropriate time that we introduce this arrangement. President of the Hong Kong Medical Association, Dr. Joy Keen, says despite the expansion of the vaccination scheme, Hong Kong still faces an uphill battle in trying to get more people to take the jabs. It will improve the number of people uptaking the vaccination, for sure. But whether it will boost it up to 50% of the population is difficult to say. Mm. I am sceptical of uh, boosting up to 50% at the end of the year. So the government needs to do more work to entice the population to get vaccinated. A couple in Yulong have come down with COVID-19, sending up to 50 of their friends, relatives and colleagues into quarantine. Health authorities said the infection of a 29-year-old woman who works as an account manager in Kowloon Bay could not be traced. Her husband is a 38-year-old property agent. The woman's parents and three relatives have tested preliminary positive. They all live in Meadowlands, a residential estate in Hung Soi Kyu. Dr Ambrose Wong of the Centre for Health Protection described it as an outbreak within a family. This is definitely it's an outbreak within the family. I mean, it is related to the Easter holiday. I, I think it's quite obvious because of the gathering, family gathering during the holiday. So I would say, yes, this is a, if all of them become positive finally, it, it would be one Easter holiday related cluster. Health authorities reported a total of six cases today. The other four were imported. Police Chief Chris Tang has accused the United States of using its agents in the SAR to undermine national security, saying this is exactly what they did to incite the protests of 2019 after attending events to, to mark Hong Kong's first National Security Education Day. The police commissioner said external forces, not people's unhappiness with proposed changes to extradition laws, were responsible for the unrest. I'm not making allegations, I'm talking about facts. United States is one of the countries that trying to, to cause security threats to Hong Kong and China. I think this is not something really secret. When asked to elaborate on his claims regarding foreign forces, Mr Tang said details will be revealed in a forthcoming trial. Some schools held exhibitions and seminars to mark National Security Education Day, but some schoolchildren who spoke to RTHK's Wong Yin Ting said they didn't know much about the topic. Our school didn't talk about that and we didn't have any event to 
celebrate this. If there will be some celebration or education, will this enhance your understanding towards the national security knowledge? Um, I think no. It will make Hong Kong get even worse. Why? Because they are just spreading all the wrong information that is not real. How will this affect the future? Affect the future that our kids don't have any critical thinking. They don't know what's wrong, what's right. I don't really know about uh, this day, so I can't really comment. But do you think there is more uh, promotion is needed for this event? Yeah, maybe. At least let people know what it's about. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is coming up to five minutes past eleven. Police Commissioner Chris Tang said he was shocked by the arrest of an RTHK employee on suspicion of possessing two imitation firearms, claiming that if the part-time video journalist had not been stopped by officers, there might have been serious consequences. The 21-year-old has been bailed and will report back to police next month. Violet Wong has details. The part-time employee was arrested at Ocean Park MTR station as he was heading to the police training college to cover a National Security Education Day event. Officers alleged the man, who is also believed to be a film student at the Hong Kong Design Institute, was carrying toy guns with him and a walkie-talkie. Despite the force's ongoing case against the RTHK employee, the police chief decided to respond saying that the suspect had previously been linked to the 2019 protests and been acquitted of assaulting police officers. RTHK says the man has been immediately removed from duties and that it will fully cooperate with the police. Prosecutors say they're dropping a charge of absconding against one of a group of Hong Kongers who had been detained across the border. As Violet Wong reports, lawyers for Huang Lam Phuc told the district court the 17-year-old plans to plead guilty to two protest-related charges. Huang Lam Phuc will next appear in court on July the 6th. He's been remanded in custody since mainland authorities brought him back to the SAR more than four months after an alleged bid to flee to Taiwan. The 17-year-old is accused of attempted arson and possession of offensive weapons for allegedly throwing a petrol bomb at Mongkok police station during a protest in 2019. He was also charged with failing to surrender to custody as appointed by the authorities after he allegedly entered mainland waters with 11 others by speedboat last August. The group of 12 who all faced protests or national security-related offences in Hong Kong were intercepted by the Guangdong Coast Guard and detained in Shenzhen. Ten of the group, including Mr Huang, have since been transferred back to Hong Kong either because they were minors or had completed jail sentences. The Consumer Council has taken aim at supermarket chains Park and & Shop and Welcome, saying they jacked up their prices last year despite booming business during the pandemic and millions of dollars in government subsidies, Francis Sitt reports. The watchdog said the two changed to shoulder more social responsibility after its annual price survey found the companies increased the prices of 65% of their goods by more than the rate of inflation. While inflation was at 0.3% last year, the council found that the aggregate average prices of 230 products rose 1.9% compared to the year before. Average prices of canned food increased the most by almost 20% as people stockpile products like luncheon meat and canned soup. 
Frozen food also became more popular during the first year of the pandemic, and the watchdog said the supermarkets increased prices by around 5%. Meanwhile, prices for milk powder, nappies and confectionery went down. The council said this might have been due to the collapse in visitor numbers to the city. The watchdog said it's worrying that people have also had to pay more for staple foods during the economic downturn, with average prices for rice rising 4.7% and noodles more than 7%. The council's chief executive, Gilly Wong, is appealing to supermarket chains to manage their prices better and avoid increasing the cost of staple foods and daily necessities. Please be really stringent in increasing the price for consumers. And even better than that is to offer more discount for different products during this difficult time because it is the economic downturn. Uh, many people are suffering from less income or even no income for the household, but they still have to expense for the food and the household items. So we really urge the supermarket together with the import wholesalers. They impose a very, very stringent approach in managing their price. The two chains told the watchdog that they have done precisely that. Park and Shop said its suppliers also increased prices, and the company shouldered part of the rising cost and rolled out various discounts. Welcome, meanwhile, said they also provided discounts and have kept the prices of more than 300 daily necessities unchanged since September. Taiwan's President Tsai Ing-wen says the U.S. has expressed rock-solid support for the island as she met an unofficial U.S. delegation visiting Taipei. Trip is seen as a bid by the Biden administration to signal its commitment to Taiwan. Ms. Tsai says she's grateful for the support. I would like to take this opportunity to thank the Biden administration for reiterating on numerous occasions the importance of peace and stability across the Taiwan Strait. Recently, China has frequently dispatched military vessels and aircraft to carry out maneuvers in waters and airspace surrounding Taiwan. Member of the delegation, former U.S. Senator Chris Dodd, said the Biden White House would support Taiwan. You will find the Biden administration, Madam President, to be a reliable, trusted friend. And I'm confident this administration will help you expand your international space and support your investments in self-defense. The Biden administration will also seek further deepening of our already robust economic ties. Mr. Dodd was accompanied by two former American Deputy Secretaries of State, Richard Armitage and James Steinberg. Beijing has lodged solemn representations with the US against the visit, which it says encourages separatism. The United States has announced sweeping sanctions against Russia, blaming Moscow for a range of what it called harmful activities. The Russian Foreign Ministry said the measures were aggressive and promised to respond decisively. BBC's Gary O'Donoghue reports from Washington. Among other measures, ten Russian diplomats are being expelled and more than two dozen entities and individuals sanctioned. Russia will also find it harder as a result of the move to raise money on the international debt markets. The action is in response to attempts by Moscow to interfere in last November's election and the so-called SolarWinds cyber hack, which infiltrated a number of federal agencies. Washington said Russia's foreign intelligence service, the SVR, was behind that attack. Washington is determined to demonstrate a robust response to Russia in the early days of the administration. RTHK's Moscow correspondent Fred Weir says US sanctions on Russia are nothing new and he played down the impact of the latest measures. But he did point out that they came amid a new low in ties between the two countries. The only remarkable thing about this particular round is that they are the first of the Biden era 
and that they are dropping amidst real serious tensions. Uh, I mean, rock bottom relations between the United States and, and Russia, and and uh, ratcheting tensions uh, between Ukraine and Russia and around between NATO and Russia. So it, it's a it's a difficult moment. But the sanctions themselves aren't aren't going to hurt hurt at all. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken has delivered a message of reassurance to the Afghan president, Ashraf Ghani, saying the partnership between the two countries will continue after the withdrawal of U.S. forces later this year. He met Mr. Ghani at the presidential palace in Kabul and insisted that Washington wasn't abandoning the Afghan people. The United States will remain Afghanistan's steadfast partner. We want the Afghan people, countries in the region, and the international community to know that fact. It's also a very important message for the Taliban to hear. On Wednesday, President Biden announced that all U.S. troops would leave by September the 11th, the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks. The planned withdrawal has raised fears of a possible civil war in Afghanistan. A study in Britain by researchers at Oxford University has found that the risk of suffering rare blood clots is 8 to 10 times higher after contracting COVID-19 than after having a vaccination. Research was carried out in response to reports of unusual blood clots following use of the AstraZeneca vaccine. Along with the European Medicines Agency and the World Health Organization, the researchers said the benefits of the vaccine outweigh the risks. Sport now, Manchester City have advanced to the Champions League semis for the first time under Pep Guardiola. They fought back to win away at Borussia Dortmund in the second leg of the quarterfinals. Foden with a shot, it's in! It's in, it found a way past goalkeeper Hitz, who was beaten at his near post. And Foden scores the second goal in Dortmund for Manchester City. Their semi-final bound now. Borussia Dortmund 1, Manchester City 2. That is 4-2 on aggregate. Real Madrid have advanced at the expense of Liverpool. A goalless draw at Anfield means the Spanish side won through 3-1 on aggregate. Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp says their first leg deficit was too much to overcome. We were good in the game, we played much better, we didn't lose the tie tonight, we lost the game obviously in Madrid, that's clear, uh, with the performance we put there out, which was not good enough. Today it was good enough to, to go 1-0 up for sure, and then it would have been a different game, but so with the experience of Real Madrid, it got more and more difficult obviously. Real Madrid would choke on Chelsea in the final four where Manchester City battled Paris Saint-Germain. Reminder of our top stories tonight, Hong Kong expands its COVID vaccination programme to cover people over 16. Police Chief Chris Tang accuses the United States of using agents here to undermine national security. A part-time RTHK employee arrested on suspicion of possessing two imitation firearms has been bailed. The news from RTHK. In our newsroom, thanks to Robert Camp. Into this hour with more classics for you. This one from 
goes my baby and uh, uh, that is the sound of uh, the drifters there goes my first love and uh, taken uh, from I think it was that 1959 now um, searching around trying to find some uh, some of those classic tunes that uh, bring back memories and this is definitely one uh, Dawn uh, and uh, Tony Orlando American pop uh, group popular in the 70s and uh, I suppose it was uh, this tune really got into everybody's consciousness in 1973. I'm coming home, I've done my time. 